PGCE Research Bites, student teacher research from the team behind Emma and Tom Talk Teaching. Right, Meredith, can I just say, first of all, thank you very much for saying you do this for us, because I, I know it's sort of not that comfortable and you've had a busy day. Um, but Meredith Bork and our Canadian student on the PGCP, and you're going to talk to us this afternoon about your assignment. Yes. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for having me. Well, it's a pleasure. So, can I... Well, I know, first of all, I think probably what I'd like to say is just what a pleasure it was to read the assignment. Um, And it was, for me, you know, I was saying to Tom, we we do a lot of these, and sometimes they're they're quite good, and sometimes they're not so good. But this one was just a really good read. Um, So I think other people would enjoy reading this as well, particularly on PE, you know, because it's specific to that. So can you tell us first, what was your broad topic? So uh, our lead partnership school gave us a number, I think they gave us six topics to choose from, and the one that immediately grabbed my interest was equality and diversity. Um, And then from there, I I started thinking about ways to be inclusive in PE. Uh, Part of my teaching philosophy is that PE should be accessible and inclusive to everyone. And on my second week of placement, I was observing a student in a class who was not participating in PE and the teacher came up and spoke to me and asked me if I'd be willing to to work with that student and it turns out that that student had autism and had yet to participate in class and so I went over and started working with that student and you could just tell that she was having a really negative experience. She was almost in tears. She was self-soothing and rocking back and forth, still had her backpack on and just looked really uncomfortable in the classroom and I just saw an opportunity there that I could work with her. And so from going from equality to diversity, I went home that night and started looking up adapted physical education and how that could work in PE. And could I further dive into that topic? Had a conversation with my mentor and with you and ended up deciding that I would focus on autism, autism spectrum disorder and how to support their participation in physical education. And I think that you know what you, how you've just explained it was for me really, really important at the start. Is we we sort of talk about the assignments as yeah. informing your practice, and you came with a real itch. You'd like got with one child, and you're just thinking this isn't right, and I want to know more about how I could possibly make it right. So, I really like the fact that you use this assignment for what I think it is for. Yeah, is to improve your practice. It was a really oppor- good opportunity for me to find out how to become a better teacher, but also really apply it to the students so that they have a positive experience in PE. And even though it was uh, very much tailored from this one student, there's a lot of other students out there who have autism or other disorders and disabilities that are barriers to participating in PE. And this is an opportunity to figure out how we can make PE more accessible to them. Brilliant. And I think probably when somebody gets to the end of it and reads the recommendation, you could see that this probably doesn't just apply to this category of child, does it? No. It's, it's probably much greater than that. But, you know, you've yeah. gone through this really digging deep into this one aspect. So could, do you want to take us through the sort of six papers that you used in it? Absolutely. Just, just give us a sort of overview of what the paper was about. Sure. And then maybe you, your takeaway from it, you know, what did you take away and just go, actually, this is really useful to 
I yeah. use those recommendations or put into my practice? Uh, yeah, so the first paper that I looked at was a study that was done at a secondary school in the UK, and they were evaluating the mainstream school experience of students with autism spectrum disorder in the UK. And so they used both qualitative and quantitative methods and compared those students' experiences to students without autism. The key theme that came out of that study was that students with autism could have a similar school experience to, to students without autism when the right effective inclusive practices are uh, in that school. And for me, what was also really interested, interesting about the study is, is that it used the firsthand experiences of those students. A lot of other studies that I was looking at was talking to either the teachers or the parents. And to have the experience of uh, the students with autism and reflecting back on their, their school experience is really, really important when you're trying to identify barriers and challenges and then trying to come up with strategies to support them. And that's really interesting because the the podcast that Anne did with with Tom recently, yeah. she talked about talking to the pupil and what's the pupil, what does the pupil want? How do they see it? Absolutely. And that was really an important feature. And I, yeah. I was interested that sort of well, I went, oh, hang on, those two things connect. And there were some really interesting things that came out of that that article because they spoke about students having. Uh, actual positive relationships within the school or actually being able to reflect back on their own experiences, which is often something in autism that they think that students struggle with, but they found by conversations that they actually were able to to do that. Um, and so the big takeaway for me, though, is I'm working in a mainstream school and the students can have similar experiences, which just supports the ability that we should be including and in making the schools accessible to them. Um, and some of the, effect, uh, the effective inclusive practices that they did in that school is providing individual care at a whole school level. With autism, it can be a very broad spectrum, mm-hmm. um, very unique to each individual. So you really have to have individualized care. Um, and then they also spoke about having interactive and explicit teaching styles and very clear and consistent lessons and then having the academic and pastoral teams working together to provide support for them. Okay. Um, so that was my first one, the first one. Uh, the second source that I looked at was a small case study uh, that explored PE through the eyes of secondary students with autism. So again, looking at that firsthand experience, but specifically in PE. And uh, the two really important findings that came out of this study was is that the students reported having a positive experience in PE, but with the right sort of activities. They did speak about they enjoyed team activities, but often if they were small-sided games or if there was more limited or explicit rules. So they talked about dodgeball being a really good example just because it was there was limited language interpretation for them and it was easy to understand what was going on. Um, so their preference was really small-sided games and individual sports. And then the other important finding that came out of this study is the effect of PE spaces that are outside of the classroom. This was fascinating. Yeah, I think this was the only study that I read that really made a note of the effect that the PE spaces can have on the learning of uh, kids with autism. And the ones that they made note of were uh, the PE office, the corridor outside of PE, and then the changing rooms. And so the PE office was spoken in a positive way. This is a safe space where students could go and they knew they could go talk to teachers. Whereas the PE corridor and the changing room, the kids reported feeling unsafe, uh, being unhappy, and just being really, really stressed. A lot of it has to do with 
the kind of chaotic, <sighs> loud. So at my school, they use the corridor sometimes to do the registers and the kids would line up before they go into the change room. And then when you go into the changing room, a lot of what happens is there is based on habits and unwritten rules that for kids with autism is a really big challenge for them to understand. And so some of the kids were talking about having to change in shower stalls and just having really bad experience. And what's really important with this is, is that if the kids with autism or students with autism are getting stressed out and getting into a negative state in the corridor and then going into the change room getting even more stressed out, then they go into a PE lesson, they're more likely to have sensory challenges and not being able to participate in PE. So it's really important that we start to treat those areas as learning environments and classroom environments. And I thought that for me that was really pertinent because they are chaotic places, aren't they? And the idea of some form of order in there, actually for everybody's learning, is actually let's just get you into the right mindset before we start, irrespective of the time. Yes, I think that there are kids who even without having autism who find those environments to be not comfortable a comfortable experience for them. So I think considering those as learning environments is very, very important. Yeah. And then the next source that I looked at was a book chapter from a book that was written about how to uh, include students with autism in PE. And uh, this chapter looked at a theoretical framework called the Inclusion Spectrum, um, which is a teaching tool that was designed to help teachers understand how to include a wide variety of students in their PE lesson. Um, So it's a really important part of your planning and designing phase of lessons. And a really important theme that came out of this is that it's imperative that the participation levels of your students is equal between all students. But the activities that you give to students with autism have to be meaningful and age appropriate and then equal across the board. Um, So within the inclusion spectrum, you have five different categories. You have an open category, a modified category, parallel, separate, and disability. And for autism, the one that they really focused on was the open, modified, and parallel. So open would be an activity that everyone could participate in. Modified would be using some sort of modification or differentiation uh, to change the activity. And then a parallel activity would be the students who are doing the same activity, but there might be some sort of different grouping by either ability level or... And that's important to think about because in my first... Uh, sort of in the second source, they talked about students preferring small-sided games. So you might be able to have a full game of football happening, but then you could have students with autism or maybe other students in your class who also prefer small-sided games. You could have a smaller game going on that yeah. would be more inclusive and accessible to those students. And I, w- I was thinking about that because I know that I, I used to love teaching badminton yeah. because you just go, I've got five courts and I can actually have the same activity as badminton, yes. but it all looks different on each of those Absolutely. courts. And it's suitable for the child that's on that court rather yeah. than everybody's doing the same. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's all badminton, but it's, it's all nicely separated yeah. out. And when you look at the inclusion spectrum, it's done in a way that all of those categories can happen at the same time. Like one is not more important than the other. So in your same lesson, you could have one category and then another category happening later on or have both categories happening, depending. So it's just a way to plan out your lessons to include your students. And I think that part of having it as a planning tool, because we're 
one of our emphasis this year is how good is your planning? Well, if you're planning for differentiation, it's actually what could that look like? And here's a bit of a framework that might help you. So, again, as a teaching tool for for, for our beginning, well, for any teacher, to be honest, I thought it was really useful to have that in there as one of your sort of entries. Absolutely. And then the next uh, source that I looked at was another book chapter. Um, This was... Uh, a book on adapted physical education and this chapter was specific to autism spectrum disorder and it gave uh, like a general overview of autism um, some barriers and challenges that they would face and then uh, gave a lot of information on educational approaches and strategies and tips that you could use to teaching students with autism spectrum disorder. And one of the key things that I've already mentioned is is that they spoke about the students with autism being unique and that you're going to have to provide individualized practice. You'll have some students who may not need any modifications and support, and then you'll have other students who, who will. So you really have to have an understanding with those students. Some of the key strategies that they talked about was Applied Behavior Analysis, or ABA, which is the most effective and well-researched strategy uh, for autism. And they talked about how that could be applied into PE when you're teaching like gross motor skills or physical skills. So what ABA is, is it helps students acquire new skills and reduced undesirable behaviors, and it uses positive reinforcement and rewards for the appropriate behaviors. So within that, there is something called DTT, which is discrete trial training, which is you break down uh, skills into like structured step-by-step, and you do one step at a time. And then when students have done that step correctly, they would get some sort of reward. So you would keep repeating that step until they do it correctly, get the reward. So it's a platform game, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> basically computer platform absolutely game. and um yeah so i think that is just a really interesting way of how we can apply that into pe because we teach a lot of skills that have to be broken down in step by step and i think a lot of the time as well when we're teaching a skill we go oh there's three teaching points with this you do this you do this you do yes. this we just go and from what you're suggesting you just go that's overload yes you just bring it down to one thing at a time focus on one thing at a time when they do it correctly they get a, a reward and they spoke about if they're not doing the next step appropriately then you just go back to the ones that they do and then you just keep moving on and on until eventually hopefully they're they can do the whole the whole step. The other strategy that they talked about a lot was using social stories. And this was again. I thought this was really interesting because you just go. I think this probably applies not just in yes. PE, but again, the, the phrase. I thought, oh, that's curious. Yeah, and it's all about using really simple and accessible visual pictures and symbols. Um, and they use this to break down what's going to happen next. And so our first students with autism who struggle with transitions this is a way to create predictability and help them with routines but then also within PE you can break this down even further into like skills uh the example that was given was a student getting ready to go swimming and there was a picture of them it was like a picture of a bunch of lockers they have to go into the locker room and get changed and then they go out into the pool and they this is what they do with their stuff and then when a whistle is blown it's time to leave the pool and then they have to go back to the change room and it just broke down the whole lesson but picture by picture so it's very clear what could happen and I think this would really help with our students especially if we think about the change room problem that they're having if you can put a social story in the change room to display those rules using pictures it could help those students with those transitions and I remember looking at the example that you put up there and just going 
you know, this feels to me initially, I, like, this is so, you know, so off, you, you do this, you do this, you do this, you, but I assume that. Yes. Because you know, I've done the routine so many times yes. before that everybody knows it. You just go, if actually each time it's almost new, you just remind yourself, yes. this is what is going like, to this happen. This is the routine of what will happen. And so they talked about being able to use these social stories for uh, teaching new skills, um, tra- like transitions, going from even activity to activity, if you have these resources prepared, it would just help your autism students be more prepared of what's going to happen next. Yeah, Yeah, I thought that was really interesting, that one. And then my fifth study that I looked at was one of the only studies that I found that evaluated an intervention in a PE setting, Um, and it uh, evaluated the impact of music modeling and prompting on gross motor skill acquisition in a PE environment for students with autism. Um, so music modeling and prompting are usually found a part of the, an intervention in ABA or that applied behavior analysis, which was most researched and most effective. So finding a source or study that was looking at PE and using that and evaluating it was really, really important to me. And what this key finding that came out of it suggested is that modeling and prompting is uh, essential to increasing gross motor skills in students with PE. And that would probably tie in with the visual part, wouldn't it? Is that yes. show me what it looks yes. like? Yeah, the way that the study was done is they had students listening to music and within the music is like there's songs that are built for doing exercise. And if they they did a, a part of the, the study where a trial where the students just listened to the music and tried to follow along and none of the students were able to do it. And then the next one was using the modeling and prompting. And as soon as you had that individual there who was walking them through and showing them what to do and modeling them and prompting them, all of them were able to follow along. So I think that's really important when we're teaching PE, we're teaching these new skills. And even for students who don't have autism, I think this is really, really important is that they need to be able to see what is happening and they need those prompts. And I think that's one of the things we do in PE or we we sort of try and remind our PE students yes. to show them what it looks like if yes. you can. Because some children will not come with a background that goes, I know what a tennis serve yes. looks like. I know what a hockey yeah. flick looks like. If you can show them, you're like, oh, that's what it looks yes. like. And that actually prompts yes. something else. Yes, and it really um, removes that that language interpretation part that the students with autism would struggle with. Yeah. And there was an interesting bit in there as well where you, you said, you know, they put the music in there because that was part of the strategy. Yes. And what wasn't clear was you know how do you distinguish which bit had which effect on that which is always a problem with educational research is actually because it's so messy what has an impact on what they didn't quite get to yeah there were some issues uh in when when you were looking at is is what was actually clear they could have added in they really needed to add in another uh part of the study that looked at like a baseline to, it, it, to really remove the music yeah. and this, this is one of the things you did throughout this assignment is when you read something you you had um, a criticality of where it was coming from you were questioning where to get your information yeah. from how is this supported with that and you use other literature to do that which is one of the things that that added to the strength of this assignment i really did a lot of of reading of a lot of different literature Mm. when i did this and and you you could tell that's what gave it the strength and the depth to it where you could engage in that level um and then the last article that i looked at was a very short 
article. It was an informative and really accessible resource for teachers on how to support and include students with autism spectrum disorder in PE. Um, and I think this is like a really important article to look at because it's so accessible and it was not as dense to read as some of the other ones, but it basically talked about the strategies and tips for teaching PE. And it included tips on planning, instructing, and modifying lessons. And it included a whole section on some of the sensory challenges that the students with autism would have and giving um, uh, strategies on how to handle that. Uh, so some of the strategies that came out of this were to create predictability. So having that daily consistent routines and structures and helping those students with transitions. Um, and as we've already talked about those social stories and those pictures, um, that's a really handy tool to use to help students uh, with those routines yeah. and creating that, that uh, structure. Um, they talked about using really simple directions and instructions. So going back to that like discrete trial training, breaking it down into that small steps and then being very clear about the instructions that you're doing and using those modeling and prompting to show them what you need to have happen. And then they also talked about using positive feedback and reinforcement. They mentioned that a lot of students with autism will probably already be getting ABA applied behavior analysis outside of the classroom. So they might have a reward system already in place. So have a conversation with your students and find out what, what yeah. if they have a system in place, you can easily just implement that into your practice and into and your that's lessons. where that sort of whole school sharing yes. of information is really important, yes. isn't it? It's actually what you don't want to do is contradict what's going on already. No. You want to complement it. Yeah, so you can have from like lesson to lesson that easy transition of all of the teachers being aware of this is the system that works well. And then when they go home, they're using that same system as well. So it's not uh, contradicting anything yeah. as well. Um, and then they really talked about the like the sensory cha challenges. So using like headphones and sunglasses. So if they're sensitive to noise, they could use like noise canceling headphones. If the lights really bother them, maybe you need to be provide using sunglasses and PE. Um, and then also for differentiating your activities using like different size balls, maybe different textures, just depending on what their sensory challenges are. And there was a nice table within that, wasn't there? There was they a very go, nice table thought, that broke down into that that planning section, mm -hmm. the instruction, the instruction, the modifying, and then the sensory. Yeah. Um, that just made it so easy it was a really to good look visual, at. It just summarized it? really yeah. what was in that, that yeah. article. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the point you made about that article was what something that I, I am always sort of really wary about is when we're sort of sharing information with teachers is they are time poor. So they don't tend to go and read long articles right. they need the condensed version a lot of the time and you purposely said this has got practical ideas yes. in and it's short yes. and it's and it's a good read yes. and you just go actually that's that's a good source then for sort of getting those useful ideas but you also said there is a lack, lack of literature yes. underpinning this being mentioned. And that was, it was one of the things that I, I, I did struggle with in doing the assignment is, is that there's lots of research out there on autism and strategies, but there was limited in terms of uh, specifically looking within PE. Um, so I really only found that one article that evaluated those strategies, but I did find articles that talked about using different strategies, but those strategies hadn't been evaluated yet. But what I found for this article is that it 
was reiterating what the like literature was saying when yes. it did have it, so I knew that it was based in yeah, good it's information. Legi- it's legitimate, isn't yes. it? It's almost a synthesis yes. of those five before yes. it. But I do think that that's one area going forward that they could start looking at is how actually evaluating how these strategies work for students with autism. Yeah. Within PE. Thanks for covering all those then. So what recommendations did you you make at the end of it because you know because one of the things was of this assignment isn't it is actually yeah so so what basically yeah. what are your takeaways what would you be telling your lps school this is what i would suggest Absolutely. from all this research that i've done um so i made quite a few uh recommendations but it to really summarize it my lps needs to continue to offer individualized inclusive practices at a whole school level um this was something that the lps was was already doing and they need to make sure that that continues to happen because that was what was shown in the literature as working for those students. They need to visually display the rules of the change room. And a great way to do that would be to use those social stories or a visual pictures or even to offer a separate changing room if necessary for those students because some of the students really one end of the spectrum would need a separate changing room. Um, And then we talked about using social stories and visual uh, cues to be implemented in lesson and used as much as possible to help students preparing for activities as well as uh, participation within PE. And again, with the routines and the transitions from activity to activity or going from the change room into an activity back into the change room. And then to consider to and use the inclusive inclus, sorry, inclusion spectrum uh, when designing and modifying and planning their lessons. And then finally using ABA strategies when you're teaching motor and physical skills. So that's using a reward system, breaking down steps into that structured step-by-step simple structure, and then finally using modeling and prompting. Great. And actually the visually enhanced presentation that you did was when you looked again, you know, I'd, I'd looked at a lot of them. It was, it was really well presented because it, it didn't have huge amounts of information. It sort of kept. It's, I've, I've looked at these things. Here's yeah. the sort of main, thing, and here's my recommendation. Yeah. But there was a couple of, you know, you had the framework on there. You had a social story on there. So you had some little examples about what that might look like. And yeah. I thought, I thought that was really I, engaging. I, I think it really does help to when you see what a social story can look like what we're talking about and how actually it can be used in different activities. I think um, if you see a social story, you go, oh yeah, I know how I can use this in PE now. And I didn't appreciate when I started reading it, when you sort of mentioned social story initially, I was thinking, I don't know what you're talking about. Yes. And then there was an example in there. I thought, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Now I know what you're talking and about. And for me, it really helped me understand when I was reading the literature of like, this is how this can be used. So... I really wanted to make sure that I included that in my visually enhanced presentation and then also putting it within the assignment that I did because pictures really do speak a thousand words. What was the impact on the pupil because that was a bit I was yeah. curious about you just got you've done so much work on this and but the driving force was this really uncomfortable yes. feeling you had about this one child when you just say I'm a PE specialist I believe in inclusion okay. and I've got this one child who's not doing any we did have some success with getting her to participate 
And so we played some giant Shenga together. We played some uh, Connect Four. Um, there was a couple of like moments here and there, but I don't think that we got to a point where we were able to make a huge impact. She actually ended up um, my last couple weeks at this placement. Um, she was no longer in our PE lessons. I don't know whether it was because she wasn't at the school or wasn't, but I, I, I didn't see her in my PE lessons anymore at that point. Um, so that was kind of a little bit sad for me because she was the driving factor yeah. but I think at the end of the day but I still feel that this assignment was worth while because there's so many students out there with autism it's uh the rates are increasing and it's really prevalent and we're likely to have a student with autism in our class and so I think there's a lot of really valuable research we can use in here. And I think, you know, as well, some of it is just good teaching as well, isn't yes. it? Some of it is just all about good teaching. Absolutely. A lot of the concepts that are in here can help all of our students, not just our students with special education needs. Yeah. So when you did your presentation back to your LPS school, how did that go? How did What, what did you feel about it? <laughs> so I had learned Jess when I presented oh, it. Oh, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was a little bit of, uh, I actually ended up presenting it a little bit later than everyone else. And it was a really fun experience because I got to talk about something that I had become quite passionate about and I think they they took it took it well but it was yeah I was I was challenging I had laryngitis <laughs> yes yeah, so, so the talking part which is but it was but actually yes yeah um but it was uh, a fun experience because I got to kind of leave out some of the more critical aspects and like the literature dense aspects of the assignment that I did and really got to focus on giving the recommendations and the key takeaways um and for me that was kind of a fun that's the more fun part of the assignment is this is the practical element yeah and it's good it's the application of that yes. is it something that would make a difference to what you do with your teaching and yes and, and teachers they want that part of it a lot of the time yes but the fact that it is informed by evidence yes. you know, that that gives it more credibility, yeah it's important I that think. you know that the strategies that you're presenting are informed by the literature but getting to dive in and give really practical strategies is really fun because that's what they can take away and they can start implementing yeah so what's the difference now for you as a teacher having done that sort of moving forwards how, how have you changed um so I think for me it has really helped me in understanding how learning takes place and then how to teach to students who are maybe neurodiverse but also uh teaching like all of our students so breaking things down into simple steps and using visual aspects and modeling and prompting it just really gave me an opportunity to become a stronger teacher because I do think that all these ideas help and I think I've gotten even more passionate about being inclusive and having PE be accessible to all students. Um, and now I have some very specific strategies that I can use to implement. Um, I think I'm much more aware of some of the challenges and the barriers that these students can face and able to recognize that that student might be facing some struggles and facing some barriers and challenges. And now I have strategies to help support them. Brilliant. So I think it's just made me more aware. 
Great, and and I would love to think that that was the purpose of the assignment. Yes. That you know people go into it and just go, yeah, I started there and now I'm here and I'm a better teacher. What about as a researcher then? What what? You know, <laughs> clearly, you are a good researcher. You know, that was a, that was a, a tremendous assignment for somebody who you know from your own admission went. I didn't think this was my thing. Yeah, like, I mean, I'm, I'm someone with learning disabilities, so coming in and doing a research assignment was a real challenge for me. And I think one of the reasons that I really don't into it is because it's something that I am passionate about and really believe in and wanted to just take in as much information as I can. Like I said earlier, I think that this is a topic that we will see more research coming out of. I think we'll see uh, strategies being evaluated in the future. Um, And so I think from as a teacher going forward and as a researcher, I need to stay active with the research that is coming out around this. And then also, I think, reading up on other disabilities and disorders that are out there, because autism is not the only one that's yeah. out there. And how can I be inclusive and accessible with all of my practice? That's really something that I really do believe for PE is important. Does it make you feel more confident for the next assignment as well? I think so. Having done really well on this one and uh, obviously having learned a lot, I do feel more confident about approaching my next one. And especially since our next assignment involves us actually doing some sort of intervention, like that's kind of exciting to get to apply the research and what we get to do. Yeah, Yeah, great. And it's really nice to sort of hear that 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 gave you the sort of confidence to go, yeah, now I want to do some research myself. I feel like I'm a much stronger a reader of uh, literature and research now and coming at it from a critical angle, but then also how can I apply? Because I had to, in some cases, make some linking of research because I had to, not all of the sources or the first source that I used was not specifically for PE and there were other articles that I read and I had to take information and connect and link things together and yeah. really build that big picture. And, and I think that's really important as a researcher to take information and then how do I apply this into what counts and matters to me. Yeah, and I think that, that was something that you did very well because you, you linked it you linked it very well to the curriculum for Wales. <laughs> you linked it to the AOLE for health and well-being. Um, and you, you sort of identified things that you went, there's a transferability here. It's yes. not saying exactly that in my situation, but I can see in I could try that in my practice. Yes. It's not entirely sort of, it's not generalizable, but yes. I could transfer yes. it. And I think a lot of with these strategies is that that's what they were doing. There's there's strategies that were not designed to be used in PE, but you're taking them and go, but wait a minute, we can use these in PE because we're teaching skills and we're teaching yeah. behaviors. And but I, I think that patterns. openness to think yes. in that way, that that was a, a really strong feature. Yes. So that's, that's a great yeah. thing to have, I yeah. think. Well, I hope you do really well with assignment two. I honestly, seriously, really enjoyed this. I learned such a lot from reading it, but I would recommend a lot of people, particularly in P, to have a look at it, but I wouldn't restrict yourself to P. And we could get the uh, visually enhanced part out to anybody, couldn't we? Absolutely. So you just need to ask. Yeah, I I think my circle of uh, my social network and certainly my teaching network has heard me talk a lot about this assignment. I really did breathe it and live it as I was working on it. Excellent. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me. PGC Research Bites comes from the team behind Emma and Tom Talk Teaching and is presented this week by Dr Sally Bethel. 
It showcases the best student-teacher research from the Cardiff Partnership for Initial Teacher Education. Thanks to Meredith Borks from PGCE Secondary Physical Education who joined us today to share her research. Podcast artwork is by Beth Blandford and the music is by Cameron Stewart. We'll be back with a regular episode next week and PGCE Research Bites will be back soon. Music